Hey everybody, Coach here. Hey, thanks for taking a couple of minutes. In whatever you're doing and wherever you're taking me along, I sure do appreciate it. I really do. Hey, you know in a residential landscape, there are various elements, and I'm sure that I have covered those in past episodes, and I'm sure that you're familiar with some of them. More common ones would be irrigation, lighting, greenscape, all the stuff that's growing, hardscape, that kind of stuff. Then there's the natural elements that you can introduce. This is what we're discussing this week. The elements of using boulders, stone, wood, etc. in the landscape to naturalize it and just kick it up a notch as far as your finished product. Man, I'm really glad you're here. Let's take a couple minutes and get started, shall we? Hey friends, Maestro here. Just dropping a reminder to check out the podcast description for discount opportunities and any important links. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on a specific app, please don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps us grow and continue to provide these free podcasts. You know, many, many years ago, on more than one occasion, that's for darn sure, uh, when I started my company, I took a whole weekend before I even started advertising or anything else. And I took off to my uh, beloved Sierra Nevada mountains. I literally spent two or three days immersing myself in the western side and the eastern side of the Sierra Nevada that I knew so very well and that I loved. Uh, all I did was kind of take it all in. And I took it in from the, the perspective of a landscape designer. I went to streams and creeks and rivers. I went on trails and saw hillsides and uh, natural perennials growing and how mother nature created these things and then spun them and arranged them in ways that only only her could do and how we always walked away in awe of how it looked now i knew for reals that i couldn't come back and create a natural landscape for people i could naturalize their landscaping but unless they were out in the in the rural areas and they didn't want to have too much to do except you know grass and a tree and when i say grass i'm talking about natural grasses you know we had to ornamentalize it a little bit but i did take hundreds and hundreds of pictures and i did you know commit to memory a lot of ways that creeks and streams rocks boulders were arranged and how they were naturalized i really got excited these two or three days about the use of boulders and how I could incorporate that along with wood and driftwood and bring it into a, a residential landscape for a customer that would stand out and how it would be much different. I can't say much different. That it would just lend an, an air of difference compared to the rubber stamp residential front and backyards. You know, I don't know about you, but we often croon over the way Mother Nature has created and arranged these elements in her natural world. But with a little study, a little creativity, a little bit of trial and error, we too, and when I say we, I mean you and I, can mimic to a certain degree of these landscape elements that she does to see right in our own backyard or our own front yard. We, don't, we can kind of bring that awe factor from many, many, many miles away, right to your own home. So, as we get started here today, let's talk about boulders 
and how we come to use them in our own DIY landscape. First, first and foremost, we discuss what is available and how does it fit our budget? Because the introduction of rock, boulders, and that kind of stuff is an additional expense. Can we sacrifice other things in the landscape in order to afford? Sure you can. Instead of a five gallon whatever whatevers, you can go one gallon. And right there, the difference between a five gallon and a one gallon just saved you $20 or more. And you replicate that 15 times, suddenly you got a few dollars that you can use for boulders or cobble or whatever you want to do. Second, we locally source what looks good and be aware of local sources. The further away that rock that you would like to use has to come from, then the more expensive it's going to be. And I dealt with this a lot when I was practicing. There was some uh, rock yards in my area where they were bringing stuff in from across the country across the continent there was uh, ledge stone and stuff that i saw from canada there was uh, connecticut bluestone that came from the east coast and then everything in between and if you looked at the price tag generally price per ton price per pound whatever it might be you saw that the difference in the difference of how far it had to come from so i was generally relegated to various kinds of northern california rock that didn't have to come that far and that people were familiar with when it came to they drove out of town oh yeah i've seen those those moss rock things those the, out in the foothills and that's where a lot of the rock that i used but there was occasionally some of the very interesting rock that came from the mono lake area of the eastern nevada that was called feather rock and yes it was a heck of a lot lighter but oh my gosh could it rip you to shreds if you didn't wear gloves, long sleeves, heavy boots, because it was so sharp on the edges. So it was, a, it was a very interesting rock to work with. Very popular, very expensive, and was generally only available uh, for a short period of time in my career, and then it kind of lost favor. But uh, yeah, that feather rock worked out well. But one of the things I want to talk about is the third element, and that is how to determine the size of what you need and how to safely maneuver and place it. And when we talk about that, and I, I discuss this at length over on the channel this week, the YouTube channel, and that is using it in such a way that you know that you have head size boulders, literally boulders, uh, the size of someone's cranium, and then you get up into one-man boulders, two-man boulders, small power boulders, large power boulders. And you have to understand that you're dealing with a landscape element that'll put a beating on a person if you do not use the right equipment or the right number of people. You know, it's one thing if you have a, a 40 pound boulder and you're gonna move it around and accent a bed or something, cool. But when you start getting into two man boulders, small power boulders, large power boulders, you're talking about something that increases in cost dramatically, but you have to know your limitations as far as your placement. I always suggest that if you have something more than 300 pounds, that uh, always have another person, and more importantly, have something that is a pry bar, a, uh, a large, large tree dolly. I've used those in the past. 
and getting into your small power equipment. Like I used to use my little mini skid steer a lot when it came to these guys. And Kanga, Kanga could handle, eh, with the bucket elevated, probably five, 600 pounds. For the lowered, probably eight, 800 pounds. And that, that's about it. Above that, I got into larger skid steers. And I never got into boulders that were such of, of such size that I needed huge strapping, uh, excavator, that kind of stuff. My niche in the landscape market didn't call for that. I did have some peers out there that landed some mega million type of landscape jobs and they did, you know, and it, you know, in hindsight, yeah, that was probably pretty fun, you know, messing around with the big, the big toys. But for size, it matters on the size of your landscape. And you don't want to go get something that's a 3,000 pound boulder and put it in your small dinky residential front yard. It's going to look really weird. It really is. Unless it's a boulder that is incorporated right in your natural surroundings that you have your house. Then, okay, all right, makes sense. It's almost like you, you know, built your house around a big boulder. But you're going to need some mega equipment to get that thing moved. So safety, when it comes to these guys, very, very important. Now, how about discussing the naturalized placement and the creative ways to naturalize the functionality of some landscape elements? And here's what I mean, here's what I mean to that. And that is when you have the boulders that you want, when you place them in the arrangement that you're choosing to do, whether it's a front face on a little elevated berm area, or you're, you're doing something with a dry creek bed, and you have boulder on one side, boulder on the other side, cobbles of various sizes in between, and this is your drainage swale of your yard that you've naturalized by making it into a dry creek bed, you're not gonna need super big pieces. It's not gonna look right. Or you can use larger boulders and make them into small retaining walls. If you have a 500 pounder and you kinda get the same size ones for the, the backyard or the front yard and you've kind of retained the front face of this sloped area and you backfill behind it and then you plant, then those boulders are gonna be your retaining wall and a much more natural look than the usual stackable block or cinder block wall or cement wall. You're gonna naturalize it with these natural boulders. If you get up into the two and a half, three foot level, Make sure that your second and third tiers are stepped back just slightly into your hill for retention strength and no mobility to it, plain and simple. Now, when placing out in the yard, make sure that you kind of dig out the area where the rock or rocks are going to be. Dig down just a little bit and inset your boulder into the ground and then kind of partially bury bury that boulders. You still have plenty sticking up, but that's the naturalizing part of placement when it comes to using rock. You just don't want to set it on top of the ground and call it good. Mother Nature doesn't do that unless it's a huge volcanic lava flow like what I show in the video uh, on the channel this week. You know, you have to take a look at it and go, yeah, I see what you mean. It All the Mother Nature's creations are kind of partially buried because that's what happens. Stuff accumulates, Things settle, things, you know, end up sinking just a little bit. And that's the natural look. Now, another thing that I might suggest 
is I've talked about dry creek beds. I've talked about uh, drainage swales, using it and naturalizing it using these elements. The other thing I really strongly suggest for you is to know what your budget's going to be and how much rock you can actually introduce. And the way you do that is to get in the car, grab a cup of joe, and head to the bulk materials yard. Find someone, a couple of someones, that have various boulders for sale and go out and look at them and say, I like that, now can I afford it? Or, I can afford it, but do I like it? And really educate yourself on what you can use, how is it going to look, how are you going to get it there to the house, and how are you going to place it? You know, when I talk about size matters, make sure that you scale the size of the boulders to the size of your yard. You know, you can, uh, you can have a various way of placing it even into an elevated lawn area where you can put flatter, protruding type of boulders into a, an elevated lawn area. Bury them three quarters of them and then go ahead and sod and seed around them. And it's a very natural way of changing the average green carpet out there you have another element of structure that really, really looks good. Now, let's talk about uh, rock in conjunction with wood. And when I say wood, I don't mean dimensional lumber from your local store. I'm talking about natural wood, natural downed wood that you can use in conjunction with larger boulders if you're doing stream beds, if you're doing retaining walls, and how you introduce wood into it even partially burying the wood as well, and then plant in and around with ground cover and creepers and spillers, and literally immerse that wood into your emerging greenscape. And that is where you've taken the average DIY landscape with a flat lawn, a tree, and some foundation shrubs. Now you have kicked that up several notches. You really, really have. So you do your road trip. You go out on your Saturday, take your Joe and enjoy walking around and, and immersing yourself into the landscape boulder world. Now, how are you gonna get it to the yard and then how are you gonna get it from the yard to the placement? Most of the time there's delivery, it's always available. And in some cases, there's also placement available if you're getting bigger ones. So make sure you ask. Make sure you ask, hey, you know something? I'm an average Joe or Jane, and I don't know how I'm gonna get this in there. Do you have a placement fee if you're to take it off your truck and place it for me? A lot of places do. It's an upsell that they can, they can certainly accommodate you, but you have to open your mouth and you have to ask. Lastly, let me leave you with this. Just because I was a, a professional designer and a landscape contractor, and I took some time and went out and educated myself and visually captured a lot of Mother Nature's natural stuff. It doesn't mean you can't either. You can jump in the car just as easy and go find your favorite spots, take some pictures, and then get your creative juices flowing when you come back home. Download them to your printer, print a bunch of them out, put them on the wall right in front of where you're gonna sketch your landscape design out, and let those pictures remind you of how Ma Nature did it and how you can kind of replicate it. You know, everybody's a rookie at one point. And you, you, can't, you can't be ashamed of trial and error. Just do all of this in a safe and sane manner. Call in some of your friends if you need to move stuff that's heavy. Go to the local nursery and say, hey, can I rent one of your large 
tree dollies if you don't want to go out and rent some power equipment. But introducing rock and wood, natural wood, driftwood into the landscape, I'm telling you, whole nother level of DIY landscaping. Guys, as always, I'm over on the YouTube channel and some other platforms. Feel free to join me over there this week. As always, to your landscape success, if you'd like to help coach out a little bit, there's always the Amazon store and my website, youryardcoach.com, where I teach you a little bit more in the book and the digital course on how to put it all together so that when you're done, you have a professional outlook. I sure do appreciate your guys' time today. As always, I'll catch you next Friday and beyond. Feel free to write me any questions that you have, and I will be glad to answer them, each and every one of them. Guys, take care. Thanks for your attention. Bye for now. Hey friends, Maestro here. Just dropping a reminder to check out the podcast description for discount opportunities and any important links. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on a specific app, please don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps us grow and continue to provide these free podcasts. Again, thanks for listening to this week's show, and we'll see you right here next week.